Welcome to Holy Trinity Episcopal Church in beautiful Nevada City, California. We are in the 18th week after Pentecost, and our message this morning is brought to us by our priest, Father Brad Helmuth. So I, my folks moved here in the late 70s, so I've been through power outages. Normally a power outage is associated with weather, in particular snow. Um, I can remember... I remember driving back from a girlfriend's house, I must have been 19, and uh, had a two-wheel drive car and chains on the front, this front-wheel drive, and coming up Nevada City Highway to turn onto Ridge and come up Ridge Road, and I threw both chains <laughs> for like 11.30 at night, no power anywhere. And I got up and walked a mile and a half to my parents' home. Not a big deal. I was prepared. It was snowy out. I knew there was power out. This week, I was not prepared. <laughs> there was nothing about it that was prepared. I heard them say that there was going to be some power outages, but what I assumed was that it was going to be like the ones before, which is the more outlying areas, like my parents would be out of power. But I, being in Nevada City, would not be out of power. I was wrong. Because they just flipped a switch on Northern California, apparently. <laughs> we'll just, well, we'll just shut the whole thing off. I don't know about you, um, but as my day started out and I had no power, um, I was okay for the first little bit. And then I decided I wanted to get some coffee, and the only place that was open was Starbucks at uh, Safeway, and there must have been a hundred people in there. <laughs> and a thousand people inside the store. And I thought, uh, no. And so I'm like, I can do without. I've already got a cup, but I was a little bit under juice, so I was gonna get some more. Because uh, I ran out of coffee, because I had a plan to get the coffee, you know what I'm trying to say. And then I looked at my gas gauge and I was fine, but I thought, maybe I'll just top it off. Oh, the Robinson lot, there were like 90 cars. There were people everywhere. I thought, they look panicked. I'm just going to go home. And I went home, and then I realized I can't go to the office. I can't work on the pledge letter. You know, I just started going down the list of things that would not work. And the ever-draining battery on my phone, I thought, good Lord. <laughs> And then I was a little bit irritated. Now, I don't get irritated very much. I really don't. There are a few areas that I would get irritated in. Typically, I can kind of go with the flow, but I couldn't really plan on this because the power was out, and so was the sun, and there was no wind. And I thought, what is going on? And then when they said, we don't know when it'll be back on, I found myself a little discontent. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was irritated. I had things that I could do, but couldn't really focus on because I was thinking about things I needed to do that I couldn't do because power wasn't back on. And when was it going to come on? I was thinking about that. I couldn't do what was going on in front of me. And I, I wasted a day. I didn't like it. Now the next day I got up and I decided, well, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm going to go with it. And so I did. I read a book. Uh, I, I read, um, I had started the book Educated by Tara Westfall. Westfall? Yes. Is that her last name? Am I getting that right? West something. West something. Uh, Educated is the name of the book. I recommend it. I don't recommend books very often, 
but there is an awfully lot to learn to learn from that book about life and about community and the community you choose to involve yourself in. As an aside, I read that book that day. I didn't have anything else to do. Sun was out. <laughs> right? It's like, well, what else am I going to do? I just sat in a chair and I read. Evidently, I'm supposed to have a quiet day once a week anyhow. Um, so, so that was the day for the year. <laughs> and I'll, I'll read today. Uh, so I read, and then the next day it was more of the same. I kind of relaxed. But that first day was very difficult in a way that, and, and I was in a place that I don't find myself very often. It's a place that I know, it's a place that I've been in the past, but it isn't a place that I've found myself very often. The prophet Jeremiah writes, the reading this morning is about this very thing. The children of Israel are exiled. They've been kicked out. The promised land is their land. They are not in that place. They want to get back to that place. Their longing is to be back in that place. Their poetry at, during that time is about being back in that place and longing to be back in that place. And yet, they were not back in that place. And so God says to them, what? Get comfortable. Marry. Have children. Marry children off. See that your children have children. Be fruitful. Multiply. Be where you're at. Be a blessing where you're at. Invest where you're at. And that investment will, be, will gain returns or, or give you returns in your own life. Now, if you were an Israelite and God said, get comfortable. I don't know how... I don't know how I would feel about that, but I know, I know the feeling of being in one place but wanting to be in another place. Like on Tuesday or Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? I forget. You know, I, you don't have access to things. You're like, I don't know what day it was. It was like all week, right? <laughs> it wasn't all week. It would be like a dramatic teenage girl doing like this, right? <laughs> um, no, no offense to the uh, ladies in the room. I just was a junior high pastor for a long time, and that was pretty fun. So, but I think that what happens is, is that we're thinking about out here, and we're not right here. Amen. The out there versus the right here. Uh, I had a professor at seminary say, wherever you are, be all there. That sounded very convoluted when he said it to me, but I got it. Uh, was it Mary Englebright, Bloom Where You Planted? Mm -hmm. right? it, it was actually, a, came from a, a bishop somewhere early on. It was attributed to a bishop. But the thought is, is that where you're at, that's where you're supposed to be. And we have trouble with that sometimes, don't we? I do, if I'm going to be honest. Wednesday was not a happy day for me. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I had plans to do other things. I'd already taken a day off the day before in anticipation of the rest of the week. Uh, and now I was like, I wish I wouldn't have taken the day off the day before. And then I, you know, you go in your mind and you think, I need to do something else and I need to be somewhere else. And you just can't get settled. And sometimes life is a little bit like that. And God says, get comfortable. Get comfortable. 
Not only that, but be present. I think the bigger idea out of that, um, well, definitely out of Jeremiah, is to be present where you find yourself. Sometimes that's hard for me to do. Sometimes it's harder for me to do with certain people. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have a few long talkers in my life. And I know, I know that the interaction with them is going to be like 20 minutes. And I find myself, as soon as they start engaging, I think to myself, oh, here we go. And at that moment, I have to remind myself, you're here. Right? I went out, um, I went out to get coffee the second morning, right? D-Day times two or whatever, whatever <laughs> Right, power getting, I'm not sure what we're calling it. It really wasn't that big a deal, <laughs> right? Uh, it could have been worse. But I went, and I was going to brave the coffee line. And I got in line, and it was about 35 or 40 deep. And I was dressed in shorts and flip-flops because I hadn't done laundry before the power went off. <laughs> it was cold. I looked out of place. I, I'm sure I would, well, I know I felt like a wreck. I did. And so I got in line, and I thought, I hope I don't see anyone I know. <laughs> and I didn't know second thought was fat chance. <laughs> so I got in line. There's a bunch of people who all looked somewhat bewildered by not being caffeinated adequately. <laughs> and so I, uh, so I got in line, and I was just kind of there, my hands in my sweatshirt pocket, and I hear, Brad, is that you? <laughs> so I turned around. And it was the significant other of a very difficult hospice patient from like five years ago, maybe even six years ago. She talked the whole time. And <laughs> you were stuck. That's how I felt for just a moment. And then I said to myself, she needs me to be present with her. And so I said, get over yourself and be present. Because you're not where you want to be today. You're here. And here's where you are. And here's where she is. And we ended up having a good conversation. Because the line took a while to get around. And I thought to myself, this is what... That kind of clipped it for me. It's like, I need to be present with what's going on. There could be lots of things that... I mean... I had hot water, uh, a gas stove, I could light, barbecue, running water, a wood stove, my dad brought over some wood. What do I need? Candles, I had candles. I had food in my fridge, oh, I didn't have a fridge, food in, food in the cooler. I can quit worrying about those things. I can quit worrying about those things. And they'd be present with what's going on in front of me. <clears throat> Lots of times in our life we get distracted by sort of the, I usually say getting distracted by the tyranny and the urgent, but the urgent in this particular case is about the things yet to happen. So that becomes the urgent thing that rules over us and we can't get past that because we can't get past that. We're not really present in the space that we are at. I love this story of... Um, the, the lepers, the ten lepers. There are lots of things to draw out of this particular story that Jesus tells. But one is, there were ten people 
And they respected the rules, and they did not approach Jesus. If you were leprous, you did not, you didn't approach, right? You knew your place, you knew the rules. You don't come close. Call out, and then Jesus basically said, "You're healed to them." Why do I? Why do I know that Jesus said that? Because they all took off to do what he said. Go show yourself to the priest, which meant that the only person that could declare you clean after being unclean was the priest. And by Jesus saying that, they were trusting that what was happening was is they were being healed and they needed to go. And so they were thinking about getting to that place because they lived with what they had for who knows how long. But certainly the stigma behind leprosy and, and being outcast and outside of the community really motivated them to be focused on getting to this place. But one person was focused on that moment. Stopped. Turned around and said, Thank you. Thank you. Now it may seem kind of insignificant because were the other nine people not grateful? No. The one person was present enough to stop and just say thanks. And Jesus acknowledges that person. It's a beautiful story. Have you ever been in a pickle and gotten out of a pickle? And then once you're out of it, you, you go on as if like life had never changed. Like how many of you when the power went up go, woohoo, Wi-Fi's on, let's go back to my life. Right? But there's something about being present with what's going on that is important for us. Because it doesn't make any difference whether it's something difficult for us in our life or whether it's something that we excitedly anticipate. I've been through the deep valleys in life. And I was present in the midst of those things. I knew that the only way I could get through the pain of going through a divorce and a failed relationship, long-term marriage, 20 some odd years, and all of the grief and all of the things that go with that is I had to be present in the midst of that. I could have been distracted by the what ifs and the, I could have been this way, but then I would have never have allowed myself to be healed through the process, both by God directly interacting with what was going on within me, within my soul, but also through the community of lovely people that God placed around me to help me, because I needed help. I am a fixer by nature, I am a shepherd, and I was stuck. Now looking back on that, having done that work, I'm grateful that I was present in the midst of the grief because in no way would it have been possible for me to get married in five weeks. Right? And it's not because Pepsi isn't lovely. She's lovely, but it's about me. I'm not a catch if I'm still swimming around and whatever that is. So I know what it is to be in that place. And some of you know what it is to be in that place too. And God's calling us to be present in the midst of it and deal with what's going on and move through it. But he's also, you know, in another part of this is I just said, I'm getting married, and now it's less than five weeks. Yesterday was five weeks. 
It would be real easy to be distracted by that, don't you think? <laughs> there are a few details to put together. But guess what? Tomorrow's going to happen. Today's happening right now. I need to be present right now. I can't be distracted by what's going on. Why? Because what happens if you're preoccupied? I've been like this before in my life, is that I miss what's going on in front of me. I miss my kids. They're like drive-by conversations that I have with them anyhow. Right? The kind where they blow in the living room and they sit down for about three minutes and then they blow back out and I go, well, that's good. I, I would miss that, right? I would be, you know, distracted, something like that. But again, God calls us into that. We can worry so much or we could be excited about so much that we're not present with what's going on around us. We can miss the joy of the moment. I don't know how often you think of that. I think of it often. Most often before I stand up to preach. Why? My prayer is always, let me be present and be present with me, God. Why? Because my ADD brain is like, <laughs> What am I going to say? Where am I going to go? How's it going to go? Blah, blah, blah. My brain gets super busy. And the joy of doing this and doing what I do is that I get to be present in the same room as the rest of you. But I would miss that if I was distracted. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss the moments where, um, where you could call it a God moment, you could call it anything you wanted, where... Um, where you have a conversation or build a relationship with someone because you happen to be present at that moment. And in that moment, you have no idea how God is going to utilize, use that moment, that gift to another person in order to do something else and to help them be present and move through the things that they need to move. We can worry about a lot of things. Paul writes in Philippians, he talks, he talks a little bit like this, I'm going to paraphrase it. He says, I know what it is to be well-fed, I know what it is to be hungry. Right? He goes through this. I, I know what it is to have, and I know what it is to not have. But I can do all things through him who enables me. Paul knew what it was to be present in the midst of those things. The reading to Timothy, Paul is saying that. Paul's like, I don't care if I'm like chained up or if I'm shipwrecked or if I'm dying ill, bitten by a snake. I'm still going to be present with the gospel. I'm still going to be present with the things that God has called me to. Because we all go through, I would say, most of the day there are plenty of things to distract us from being present and receiving the gift of the moment, the gift of the day, the gift of relationship, of thinking about things in those ways and not being distracted, from being good community and being good to one another. It's a hard thing. Learning to be present and still holding on to or holding space for those things which are difficult for us, that is hard to do. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying the joy of the journey is found in holding those two things in tension. 
I can tell you from my life that that's the reality, and I know from having conversations with plenty of people in here that that is the truth of it. We have to choose to do that. We have to be mindful of where we're at and what we're doing and who's next to us and who's not next to us so that we can be better community to one another. Amen? Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son,